Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hey, Changemaker, it's Holly Rustic here, podcast host of Grant Writing and Funding of GrantWritingAndFunding.com. All right, guys, so I help changemakers like yourself grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. To do that, I teach you how to gain expertise in grant writing and coach you with systems so that you can become a freelance grant writer and 10x results all from the comfort of your own home. All right, guys. So if you've been listening for a while, we've been doing a lot with the different freelance stuff. Um, And here we're going to talk about how you can improve your grant writing skills and at the same time make some money. All right. And I'm not talking about getting a client. I'm talking about becoming a federal peer grant reviewer. All right, so this is so important and it's a question I actually get asked a lot about. So whenever I mention it, people always want more information because they're like, it sounds too good to be true, but it's not too good to be true. It's actually true and it's pretty great as well. So this is definitely something that I've done for a number of years and it really has helped me really improve my grant writing skills and also be more competitive to get clients who are wanting to write certain grants that I have reviewed in the past. And this is because I have seen the other side of those grants and I know exactly what the federal agency is looking for and what the program is looking for. So this has made me a better grant writer. It's made me more competitive in being able to get those types of grants. And yes, the federal government actually pays you to review these grants. And it's usually in a very short period of time, and it's fantastic. Once you get your foot in the door, you're usually asked to become a federal grant writer again and again. Now, this is a really great way, especially just to diversify your streams of income, increase your grant writing skills tremendously, understand the back side of what the federal government does as far as awarding grants, how they do it, and what it really looks like. It's not just some computerized system. There's actually people reviewing those grants. It's amazing. And I have two wonderful people you are going to love today. These are actually two ladies who are in my membership club, and it's really awesome as I had mentioned this to both of them before we did a little background on it, and now they have both become federal peer grant reviewers, and they're going to share their experience with you on how they did it. It's interesting. They're very, very different, come at it from a different way, but they both have gotten so much from this, and they're going to tell you how they became federal grant reviewers what the impact has had on their companies, and how it's really helped them become better grant writers. So if you want to get this kind of FAQ, kind of back and forth podcast today, you're going to love it. The other thing too is because I have so many people always asking me about grant reviewing, and I've done a couple of other podcasts on this, I'm actually going to put out a course. And this has been one that a lot of people have asked me to do. So if you want to get on the waiting list for that course, it's going to be Become a federal grant reviewer, 10x your grant writing skills while you get paid. All right, so if you want to be, get your foot in the door to get in that course as soon as it's released, and yes, there's going to be a bonus as soon as it's released. So um, go ahead and check out www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash reviewer. Or you can just go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 132. We are on episode 132 today. (laughs) Woohoo! So it's super exciting. And I just know you're going to love this episode. And you're going to be able to hear how Christine and Jen were both able to really increase their grant writing skills tremendously. One just recently winning a $10 million grant. Um, and the other one just being able to get her foot into reviewer jobs one after another. It's been absolutely amazing. So definitely, definitely stick around for this podcast. 
And as always, if you love listening to this podcast and you get a lot out of it, please do leave a review on iTunes. I absolutely love reading each and every review that's there. It really means a lot to me and it also helps other people find the podcast as well. I appreciate you guys as you all are change makers in my eyes, whether you're a nonprofit leader or you're a freelancer or aspiring to become a freelancer. You guys are all changing the world in your own way and I love it. two very, very special guests. I know I usually interview one person, so I've got two people on the line today. And these are very special people because they are actually in the Change Maker membership. So I'm really excited about them. And they've just been doing so many wonderful things and you guys are just going to love them. So I've got Jennifer and Christine on um, the podcast with me today. So welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Yes, thank you so much. Yes, I'm really excited. So before I get into them, I want to read their bios, but I'm just really excited. Once again, they are members in the Changemaker membership, and I've known them now for well over a year. We've been doing different things throughout, and I've really seen you both grow so much and just do different things. And the thing that we're really going to focus on today that I get so so many freelancers out there asking me, people who want to be grant writers or who are, are already doing it, and they're asking, hey, Holly, how do I become a grant reviewer? Or they don't even know about that, and I mention it, and they're like, their ears perk up. And that's both Christine and Jennifer when they said, oh, how can I do that? And I said, oh, here's how you do it. So right now, they have both been grant reviewers for different federal agencies. They've been able to earn a side income from that and also expand their grant writing knowledge. So we are definitely going to talk about that today. They are going to be sharing your guys' experiences. So I'm really excited about that because, um, you know, I can tell you guys how to do it. We'll definitely have, you know, links in the show notes to other podcasts that I've gone through the step-by-step process, but actually hearing real people do it (laughs) that have gone there and had their own experiences is really, really helpful. All right. So without further ado, um, first I'm going to introduce uh, Jennifer Mitch. So Jennifer, she's a 22-year veteran of the Cincinnati Police Department and has a passion for public service that extends beyond policing. Currently working on her doctorate in leadership studies, Jennifer focuses her time primarily on project management, research, development, and grant writing. Her years in investigations and experience as a federal grant peer reviewer lend to her attention to detail. She values justice, equality, and working toward the greater good. She also created and developed the Cincinnati Citizens Respect Our Witnesses Witness Support Program and had the opportunity to appear on television shows such as The First 48, which is really cool. I totally like Googled that on you. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. (laughs) Women of Homicide and The Katie Keurig Show. Jennifer was recently nominated for five Emmy Awards for a documentary she co-produced called Shoot This, Not that. You can definitely find her at www.witnesscapacity.com and I'll have all of these links in the show notes. So welcome so much to the show, Jennifer. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, super excited about your Emmys, like your nominations. I was like, holy smokes. She's like, by the way, she sent me an email. She's like, by the way, we actually got nominated for five Emmys. <laughs> I, remember, I remember sitting up one night, like totally spewing the idea for that documentary to you. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah, that's a great go idea. For go for it. And now- <laughs> I love it. And you're like, it, so this is Ohio Emmys, but you could totally make it to national. Like getting already nom- nominated for five state Emmys, and then it could go to national. Like this is huge. And I love the the you know just the notion behind it is shoot this, not that. And some of you are like, what is what is she talking about? And it's about cameras, like shooting with your cameras and not with your guns. And this is like youth homicide. And so did you just want to talk about that briefly? I just find this very intriguing. Sure. Yeah. So the uh, Crow Witness Support Program that uh, we started in Cincinnati has a youth component to it. So we have a youth group full of kids between the ages of four and 17 that have all been impacted by gun violence, either mm-hmm. a parent, a sibling, Sometimes more than one family member has been uh, killed by gun violence. And so our group deals with these kids. Uh, What's important to us is that research shows that if there's not some sort of targeted intervention Mm -hmm. uh, for these traumas, that kids are most likely to either become part of the justice system themselves 
or, you know, unfortunately not make it into adulthood. So we wanted to, um, number one, address the trauma, and then two, teach them a skill, teach them something else to, to do to express themselves mm -hmm. rather than pick up a gun. So we taught them how to use a camera. So mm -hmm. we taught them how to do digital photography. We taught them how to express their feelings. Um, it is a, um, it's a peer reviewed research called Photo Voice. Okay. So you can, do, you can do it with anything. If you, if you look up Photo Voice, you'll see all sorts of different things that Photo Voice is used for. In this particular case, we used it for kids who've been impacted by gun violence. So mm -hmm. we went out in the community after we taught them. Uh, we, we had, my daughter was one of them, peer mentors, so high school students from local high schools that knew how to do photography came in and interacted with the kids, taught them how to use the cameras. And then as part of therapy, we had our licensed social workers help them identify things in the community that were obstacles and things that they saw hope. We mm. thought going into it that coming up with the bad things were going to be easy and that we would have a hard time having them find hopeful things, but it was just the opposite. So oh, wow. they didn't want to focus on all these negative things. They wanted to go out and they wanted to take pictures of all the things that were hopeful for them. So it was a really, really, really neat experience. I loved watching the kids. Mm -hmm. The first week, it was a six week program. The first week, um, for example, there was a girl, she had her hood over her face. You could only see her eyes. This was pre-COVID, so we didn't have masks, but mm -hmm. she came in, she wouldn't talk. By the end of the six weeks, she wasn't even wearing a hoodie. Her hair was down. It was done. She was talking to the other kids. So it was a full, wow. um, it, it was, it was very, very impactful. And then we had at the very end as a prize for them, a photo gallery, Xavier university hosted it and it was open to the public. And we had probably 500 people from the community wow. show up to watch the documentary and look at their pictures in a gallery setting mm -hmm. and just to see the kids realize that even though something so awful happened to them that it didn't have to define them or their future mm -hmm. and so now they have a way to express themselves they also have a skill they could yeah. become little photographers they could we did um we also did music so we had some kids that maybe wanted to write lyrics and so mm -hmm. we wrote a song all together based on things that they said about how things impacted them. And um, yeah, it was just, I could go on and on. I don't want to take well. the whole part. <laughs> it was a really great experience. Mm -hmm. And um, last thing I'll say is um, a little girl named Komarla, she's 10 years old. She did a voiceover for our PSAs and she's one of the Emmy nominees. So oh, she's wow. probably one of the youngest African-American girls to be nominated in Ohio for an Emmy. And I'm just really excited for her. And just the, you know, what that, how that could impact her future. I'm just mm -hmm. excited to watch it all happen. It's the ripple effect. I mean, congratulations again. This is huge. But the impact that you've had on these, on these kids and, you know, just, I mean, it's amazing. It's life. It really is life changing. So man, congratulations and continue to do that sort of creative work, right? It's just and you never know what's gonna did, and did you get a grant to do any of that to do the documentary so i wrote the proposal and i got it funded through um through the city so yeah. it wasn't a grant but um i wrote the proposal and um got it funded that way okay okay so it was uh funded through the city so a, sort of like a grant you don't have to pay it back and they were funding it right yeah, yeah. awesome well congratulations again so yeah if you guys want to check that out do ch uh check out witness capacity.com and once again i'll have that link in the show notes so you can check out um shoot this not that as well as all the other accomplishments that jen has had and um what she does in grant writing all right so we also have christine taylor on the on the line today on the episode and christine she is an advanced grant proposal writing instructor and has a bachelor of arts in communications from the city university of new york she has been working with the Lisa Novak Community Libraries as a grant writing, developing, uh, developing winning grants to secure funding from foundations and corporations. Before grant writing, she worked as a copywriter for more than five years. Christine's grant writing skills were perfected 
through Holly Rustic's Grant Writing Master Course. It's the first time I've ever been in a bio. Sorry. <laughs> I love this. I was like checking out her bio. I was like, hey. <laughs> Anyways, I just I know there for a second. <laughs> and of course, her, not just me, also her membership with the Grant Professional Association, GPA, which is fantastic, as well as being a grant peer reviewer with the United States Department of Agriculture in 2019 and 2020. And she's also been asked to sit as a peer reviewer for upcoming projects for the Administration for Native Americans and for the Northeast Sustainable Agriculture Research and Education. You can definitely find out more about Christine at www.christine-taylor.com. And once again, I'll put those links in the, the show notes. But yeah, so that segues nicely into our grant writing as well. But welcome as well, Christine. We're super excited to have you here on the, or the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Jen, I must say thank you so much for doing that. I hope that it does go national and other cities will pick up on something like that because that's very important, especially now. So thank you, Jen, and congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And then Christine, the work that you've been doing through uh, the Lisa Novak Community Libraries, um, yeah, they're a nonprofit and they really help give out a lot of literary, lots of books, right, to different places. So that might be um, in different jail systems, in different uh, low income libraries across the nation. And could you just want to talk about that a little bit? Because I find the work very interesting that you're doing. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, we received a uh, thank you letter from one of the uh, centers out east, out west. I forget exactly where, but anyway, it's a center that helps uh, children that were victims of sexual um, sex trafficking, mm -hmm. and they were expressing their gratitude and appreciation for the books because they see how it has affected the the, the young girls there. And by reading, you know, various books on different topics, you know, it opens their minds up to different possibilities, not mm -hmm. just, you know, stuck in in the past of what happened to them. There, mm -hmm. there are other things that they can do in their lives. So mm -hmm. it, it books, of course, have a major impact on 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 kids. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I love that that you know you're working with a nonprofit and you work with other nonprofits as well, so it's really good um, just to have that variety of working you know with different nonprofits. So just real quick, as as you know, we're you know you work both of you are um, you know you have you know had all your own jobs and everything, but you're also doing freelance consulting for grant writing and for grant research and also peer -re grant reviewers. So as you guys kind of navigate through this, obviously, you know, Jen, you know, um, you know, the different work that you've been focusing on as far as you're looking at, you know, homicidal kind of detective work and, you know, that background that led you to kind of the documentary. And then Christine, you've had a lot of work now with uh, copywriting and also with, you know, the different content as far as now, you know, literary and the impacts and you know all the stats and you know all that because you do the grant writing. But as far as working with different clients, do you find that it's difficult sometimes or you feel like a ghostwriter or is that something that's actually interesting and fun to you guys to kind of pick up on different projects and learn about different things? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's fun and it's interesting. I love learning new things. That's mm -hmm. why I'm in this profession anyway. And it, it kind of led me into peer reviewing because I really learn a lot about not just the grant writing process, but the government, it, how it spends our tax dollars. And it, it's really interesting. And I, I, I really get a kick out of it. it. It's a good charge for me. Nice. Yes. Yes. How about you, Jen? I, yeah, I'm the same. I like learning about different things. Mm -hmm. And I think I didn't realize how much overlap there is in a lot of things. Like some of the skills that I would have learned, you know, doing what I do, how they overlap into a lot of different areas, mm -hmm. but in doing the peer review, it's, it's been so helpful in my own writing. And also um, just from reading the reviews that I get on grants that I've submitted and now taking that into um, my own feedback and how do I want my feedback to look? How would it help somebody the most? I had some feedback, you know, that was really detailed and some that that wasn't very detailed and I know what helped me the best and um, but I to answer I like learning a whole different bunch of variety of things so yeah yeah I find that people if you want to really you know yeah. be a freelancer it's it's 
people are generally, uh, freelancers are generally grant writers, um, you know, they're interested in, in many things, right? They want to work with multiple clients. They want to work on, on different types of grants and they like a challenge and to learn just about the really cool things that nonprofits are doing out there in the world. So before we dive deep into yeah. um, the grant reviewing process, um, because a lot of you might be listening and say, I don't even know what that is, Holly. Like, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> so just to kind of like give a little brief background. Um, and once again, I'll link to another podcast um, where I give more details on it. But in general, the federal government does give out grants every year, right? There's different earmarks, there's allocations of funding um, that do help, you know, the gaps that the federal government just doesn't, can't do directly, but they can essentially hire other people to do it for them. And what they hire are these nonprofit organizations. They fund them with grants to actually get different work done that meets their priority. So the federal, there's about, uh, you know, 20 different main federal agencies out there that oversee 900 grant programs. And in order to do that, because so they send out these grants, nonprofits can apply for these grants, and there's grants all the way from, you know, the library stuff, right, the literary, giving out books, and there's all the way grants to climate change work and police work, and, you know, there's different and um, advocacy work and capacity building. So many different grants fall under this. Nonprofits can apply for that, but then what? What is a review process? How do these grants get awarded? And that's really what we're talking about today is that's the grant review process. So um, what I have always encouraged is, and this is what I love, my mentor first encouraged me to become a grant writer, and I was sold as soon as I got on board with it. Because basically what happens then is the federal government pulls together small little panels of people, right? It's usually about three or four people in a panel to discuss, and they have like many of these panels. So they have all the grants come in and now they have to go through them and they only have a certain amount of money to award a certain uh, number of grants. So these panels go through and they have to review all of the grants. There, These are federal grants, you guys, but even foundation grants have these um, types of uh, programs and panels. Usually it's board of directors that go through this review process. But that's why I always tell people when you're writing a grant, go to the criteria that says, here, this is what we want. This is how we want you to write this grant. And usually it's like, um, you know, a statement of need is five points or something like that, right? Your, your goals and uh, your uh, objectives is like 10 points or, you know, that sort of thing. Your capability statement is like 20 points. So you really do want to follow this criteria when you're writing the grants because that's what you guys do in your grant review panels is you actually start and you go, okay, how much did they actually write about the statement of need? Did they really say it very clearly exactly how the criteria is outlined? If they did, they get five points. If they didn't, they did okay, meh, they get three points, you know, or they didn't, they get zero points. And that's pretty much like on a very basic level of how this is done. But also, um, when you guys go through, so who are these people? Who are the grant reviewers? Do you have to be in the federal government? No, you can't be. It is people in there that work the projects. So Jen, she, she, her background is a lot in a police department work and different homicidal department works. She's going to be able to, and even in teaching, that sort of thing. So she's going to be able to possibly apply for these peer review positions then that might have to do with education or with police, that sort of thing, because she has the experience and the know-how. She knows how to read the lingo when these grants come in. The same thing with Christine. Christine, you're, you know, you're going to know a lot about literary arts. You're going to know about these certain kind of things. Maybe, um, you know, sexual or survivors of sexual assaults, you know, if you've done more research on that, especially that ties into your program, you can go ahead and apply for those positions. Now, when you become this peer reviewer, like I said, you also join other, a little panel of other people to really discuss it and then to, to uh, go through and vet these different grants. And then sometimes, actually one of your grants, it goes to the highest mark and it gets awarded. And it's a really cool process to be a part of, but you also see all the different grants coming in and what works and what does it doesn't. And you really have to go through this process. So it does make you a better grant writer and the federal agent or the federal government will also pay you a stipend to do this for your time. So it's a really good way to make some money and to become a better grant writer and to really understand the process of the government. So that's what I'm going to say is a main overview. I know I took some of your time, but now I want Jen and Christine to really talk about their experiences with it. How hard is it? All those questions that you guys might have out there, like, well, what, what, okay, that's nice. That's a big overview, but how do you really do this? So um, Christine, did you want to kind of comment like on your experience with becoming a federal peer reviewer? 
Okay, I got started. Uh, my very first grant that I wrote was a government grant for um, a Native American tribe. And it obviously it didn't go well. So I promised myself that I would do everything I could to better my skills in order to apply again. And after taking your course and finding out about peer reviewing, that was like the light bulb that went off. So mm -hmm. that led me into peer reviewing. And to me, uh, my analogy of peer reviewing is like, w when I was younger and I was dating, you know how the guy, the guy would come over and everyone had to check him out. Everyone had to get their <laughs> approval. That's right. <laughs> before I can date the guy. So the grant, so peer reviewing is similar to that. It's like the peer reviewers, we're, we're the, the, the family and we have to give their approval before that grant goes on to the next process. So it's like the best analogy and, ever. And during that process, when, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I guess I'm the only one. I don't know if they still do that now because, you know, the, the, my grandmother had to say something. My brothers had to say something. Everyone mm -hmm. had to chip in on whether or not they liked that guy. So peer reviewing is similar to that process. Mm -hmm. It's like everyone chips in. And it's uh, the only thing is if you don't like to read a lot, then it might not be for you. Oh, because yeah. there's a lot of reading involved. Because sometimes um, I just did, I think it was six or seven um, proposals that I, I went through. Mm -hmm. And it, it's not bad. I, I, I really enjoyed it. It was very interesting about the different projects that they were working on. Mm -hmm. But when you get proposals that are not well written, that's mm -hmm. when... I start getting frustrated. I start losing focus. And if I have to flip back and forth to, you know, connect the dots, yeah. you know, is the, is, is everything that they put in the budget tied into what they said in the narrative? And if I have to go back and forth, then it's a problem. Mm -hmm. But there was one uh, proposal that I read and it was so well written. I, I, I thought about you, Holly. I said, <laughs> Holly must have written this one because it was, <laughs> absolutely perfect and the only thing I had to deduct one point only because they were missing um, a key personnel person mm -hmm. that that that's the only thing they were missing and 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 I I said well I have to deduct at least one point but you know other than that it was it was so perfect and I, it, it gave me a reference to fall back on so going forward yeah. Um, I, I, I can review that and now I have it in my mind. Okay. This is how it's supposed to be written. Like I, it's, it, it's like a, a model for, for my, uh, for my grant writing. Oh, I love that. I love that. And what about you, Jen? Have you had similar experience in that? Yeah, very similar. I, I had that one too. That was so well written and it was all, well, you know, on the criteria, like I remember you telling me and I thought, well, this person must be taking Holly's courses because <laughs> they've got it all laid out. One A, one B, one C, just like <laughs> they should be. I didn't have to look on different pages. Uh, yep. I didn't have to tie anything together. Um, so I just uh, yep. got done reviewing 10 of them and um, it, it was, it, it had the whole gamut in the 10 that I had. It had some that it, I probably maybe was their first grant they wrote. Um, it was missing a lot of things. There were several of them that went double the page limit mm -hmm. that you're supposed mm -hmm. to have. Um, but there were, you know, three or four that um, were very well written and um, followed the guidelines like they were required. So it was, nice. it was really, really, really helpful yep. to look at those and read those. The ones that- um than I thought it was I, I mean, I knew it would be time consuming, but um, since I'm a pretty new at peer review, I think it probably took me longer than it will over time. Yeah. But um, it was a very time consuming reading. Yeah. Yes. It is a very intense, short period of time, usually about maybe 10 days at the max, right? And it's yeah. very, yeah. So, but what are, I just had a question real quick on the ones that went over their pages, did they just end up redacting those pages, like blacking them out so you couldn't see them, or did they still give them to you? They still gave them oh, to me. I don't know about uh, Christine. They gave them to me, and um, I just I didn't count them. Yeah. Um, 
you know, there, there might have been information there. And I did, I still read it. I wanted to know what it said, but I didn't count it. I took off points for that because mm -hmm. um, clearly it, you know, it, it doesn't matter what's past that if that's the page limit that they gave, but they gave me all mm -hmm. the pages. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I took off points too. I took off points too if they go over the page limit. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, it's a tough process and I sometimes mm -hmm. I hate to do it because the projects are so good, but um you know, you, you have to you have to be critical. You have to be very critical of the right. of you know, the guidelines and mm -hmm. usually when, as soon as I get the um RFA Mm -hmm. uh, I read it at least twice, sometimes three times before I even get the proposals. Yeah. So that way, it's kind of, I already have it in my head, okay, this is what we're looking for. This is, you know, the criteria. Are they meeting the criteria? So it's very helpful to read that RFA prior to reading the proposals. Yeah. That's, that's a big key for me. Absolutely. And, and yeah, what Christine's talking about is they have a funding opportunity announcement and you can download that. And that's what the nonprofits are looking at as they're writing the grant. So, or the grant application. So it's really nice for you to go through that and see what the priority is from the federal government to really see what they're trying to do and what they are wanting the nonprofits to write towards. So when you read that, you really get a good overview of what the federal government, what that agency in particular is asking for, and then how the nonprofits are really writing to that instead of their own agenda right which can happen and I do like that you guys I mean that might sound really harsh you guys that they're deducting points for people that go over the page limit you guys are like well why because okay here's one of the reasons what, what I appreciate that you guys do that is because the other ones didn't and they could have so it's not fair even if one's really well written and it went way yeah. over the page limits the other ones adhere to the page limitations and maybe they could have had a better proposal written if they had additional pages but they didn't do that because they adhere to the criteria so I think that's really fair that you guys do that um, and then the other thing of course um, the one of the things that can happen is that the government redacts the pages and that means they black out anything past the page limitations and I've actually had that Christine you'll probably see that for administration for Native Americans they tend to do that they go if people go past the okay. pages you'll still get like 300 pages but like you know 250 of them are black and they do that on purpose oh. just to help you with that so and you don't know when you upload on workspace when you're applying as a nonprofit that you might think it's in order how you want it but when it translates into the full pdf it's not always in that same order so nonprofits out there and grant writers don't put more pages because some of those redacted could be the ones that are really important and even if you think you have it in the right order it might not be when it's converted. So you could lose tremendous points just because you thought you would add a few more things and you, you got like one of your main sections deleted. So yeah, that's just as a big call out there for you. But I do appreciate that you guys do that. So um, yeah, so Christine, you've been doing this now for a little over a year? This is my second year. Yay! This is my second year doing it, so I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I have more, like, like you said, I have, uh, I did start it with the USDA last year and mm -hmm. they contacted me again for mm -hmm. this year and also SARS as a Northeast what is it called now? Oh, the I'm Northeast sorry. Sustainable Agriculture North Research and Education. I have you yep. <laughs> right here for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. That's a mouthful too, but yeah, it, that's awesome. That's come. Yeah. They're coming up soon because they just sent me a W, a W9 nice. to fill out. And I'm still waiting, the Administration for Native American, I'm mm -hmm. waiting for them as well. Yeah. They contacted me about a month ago, so nice. yeah, it's uh, a I'm slow, waiting for them. So It can be a good. slow lead-in process because they have to see how many grants are coming in, right? So they might call you and say, hey, are you available? Yeah. And you're like, yep. And what I'm seeing this year is that a lot of people, there's fewer people that are applying for grants, which is weird because it's you think more nonprofits would be applying for grants right now, but they, I think a lot of nonprofits have been applying for the other federal funding that's available. So um, there's fewer grant reviewers needed, but they have to kind of see how many applications come in because it's hard for them to predict it exactly. And then if they have enough, they'll set the panels up. 
So um, yeah, hopefully we'll be getting called for more of those because it's nice to see the health when nonprofits are out there um, applying for these. Um, so did you, um, Christine, when you're, so you've been doing this now for a couple of years in the beginning, like did it take a while to get your foot in the door? And then now are you seeing like, now you're saying oh, I'm, I can be a grant reviewer for this one and this one, like once you become one, do you feel like you have your foot in the door now because they, they know that you know how to do the process? Yes, absolutely. And what I did uh, in the beginning, I would go to grants.gov mm -hmm. and I would just look at all of the, you know, read all the grants that were coming out. Mm -hmm. And the ones that I thought were interesting, the ones that I felt that I would enjoy reading about, those were the ones that I applied for. Oh, I mean, smart. to be a, a peer reviewer, I would go in, I forget what section it is, but it, you know, it gives you the details and it will say whether or not they are having peer reviews or, or peer reviewers or not. So if mm -hmm. they were having a peer reviewer, I would look for the contact person uh -huh. and I directly contacted them, mm -hmm. letting them know, giving them my resume, letting them, let them know I was interested. And that's how I got my foot in the door with the USDA. Nice. And, it, and it's worked with all the other agencies as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes, they're always looking, you know, I think a lot of people don't know that they can even do this. So um, that's fantastic. And what about you, Jen? What's been your kind of process through this and being able to get your foot in the door and, you know, going through the process? Sure. I um, just, I just did my first peer review. So I'm, I'm brand new at this, even though I applied quite a while ago, it did take mm -hmm. a while. Yeah. Um, so I don't even know. It, it probably was a good nine months. Mm -hmm. Since I applied um, up until they contacted me um, to the point where I was thinking, did my, did my resume go through? And I went back and I checked. I'm like, sure enough, it went there. So I'll just wait. Yeah. Um, but I did the same thing. I went to grants.gov and I looked at all the different um, um, agencies that were doing peer reviews. Mm -hmm. um, and then the ones that were putting out a request for peer reviewers. So I would say to anybody thinking about doing it, make sure you get your resume updated because that's the first thing yep. that you're probably going to need. Yep. Um, know, you know, know your skills and have your resume updated um, and have that ready because when I went, went in first and looked and saw what I needed to do, I had to stop for a few days, update my resume to how I think I wanted it and then go back. So, uh, mm -hmm. But I just finished my first um, my first peer review. So that's awesome. And so what did you learn from that? Was it different than you thought? Or like, what were some of the key elements that were your takeaways so far? Well, like I said before, it, it was a lot of reading, it, it was more time consuming than I anticipated. But I think once I got my method down, that mm -hmm. moving forward, it, it will be it will go a little smoother. But I learned just, you know, looking at what agencies are looking for and how people are articulating their need and, you know, looking at the budgets mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of reflecting on what am I doing right and what am I doing wrong in my writing. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side, how can I help somebody? Mm -hmm. Because I was once somebody who was writing grants, you know, two years ago in a very limited format and I've kind of, you know, learned my skills. What could I do that's going to help them when they get my review? So mm -hmm. I tried to make sure that my feedback was something that was going to help them if they reapplied. Right. No, that, that's a really good thing to, to also highlight because, yeah. you know, I tell people even if nonprofits, you know, even if they don't get it funded, you know what I mean? Like, and they have a good chance, of course, you want to go after the grants that they're, they're going to be competitive for. But even if they don't get it awarded, that feedback is so valuable. So as a reviewer, knowing that because you're like, okay, you guys, you were close. This is what you need to change. Or maybe you were way off point, but this is how you could be competitive for this grant and getting that. So always you guys, nonprofits out there, ask for that feedback if you don't automatically get it because the reviewers, like you said, is a time consuming process, but you don't just say, eh, they get a four, mm, they get a two or whatever that is. Like you actually have to provide examples. Like you have to write sentences about why you think that like Christine's um, perfect analogy and, and the guy she brings home, right? <laughs> I'm totally doing that for my daughter. Hey, 
grandma's in the house, mom's in the house, we got your uncle and aunties. So yeah, but yeah, so it's definitely going to be a long-term thing. <laughs> but to be like, you know, not, you can't just say, oh, I don't like him. Like, you know, if your brother says, I don't like him, you'd be like, well, why? Yeah. Right? You're not just going to accept, oh, he doesn't exactly. like him and he's going to yeah. give him a two. You're going to say, why? Because yeah. I really like this guy. So they'd have to actually exactly. give reasons. <laughs> So incredible reasons. So I yep. love that analogy so much. <laughs> but yeah, so that's a part of it too. Did you guys want to talk about that process a little bit, like what you actually have to provide? Yeah, well, um, that's part of the requirements mm -hmm. as far as uh, peer reviewing. Well, for the USDA, I know for sure that they, they want examples. They mm -hmm. want you to give examples on why this grant is, is strong and why it's weak. They want both. So if I give a achievability section and I gave them a 25, it's like, okay, why did you give them a 25? Mm -hmm. What was it that was so good about this grant that you gave them a 25? And the flip side is, why did you give them a five? What yeah. was so bad about this uh, this section that you gave them a five? Were they missing information? Mm -hmm. did, did it not make sense? Uh, you know, what what was wrong with it? So. They want complete sentences, of course, concise, succinct. And like you said, it's going back to, the, to that agency that uh, wrote the grant and it will help them in the future because some of these projects are awesome mm -hmm. and you really hate some, well, for me, I really hate to deduct points, but I, I had to, I had no choice. Right. So the feedback is definitely, it's, it's gold as far as I'm concerned, getting that feedback because now for the next cycle, they know what to do, what not to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so wonderful. A lot of people don't really read the feedback and I'm like, read your feedback and then rewrite the grant, submit again next year. And you will have such a better chance yep. of getting funded um, because of the time the grant reviewers spent. And it's not just you. So Christine, like, uh, and Jen, if you guys are on a panel together and Christine says, Oh my gosh, I'm giving them a five because of da da da. They didn't have this in place. The budget was a da da da. And Jennifer's like, you know what? I actually gave them a 20 out of 30 because they, they actually did have this. And I, found this here and blah, 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 right? So that's why there's the magic of the panel. It's, you have to have at least usually three people on that panel with a chair that oversees it because if there's a lot of variations like that, like huge things, then they might have you guys on the call, on a call together to actually talk those things out and to then, you know, you know, and it's not always you have to change your score, but they have to somehow make sense of it to give that feedback to the nonprofit. Because if you have one reviewer giving you a 35 and one giving you a five and the other one giving you a, a 10, you're like, this person thought it was awesome. This person thought, thought it was awful. Like, what am I supposed to do next year? So that's really why they try to have like that conversation and to have some kind of, you know, okay, let's come together and let's like really work this out and see so they can give that better feedback to a nonprofit. Have you guys gone through that process at all? In mine, because it was, it was my first one, I think, um, I don't know, I, I, I want to say the reason was COVID related and um, some issues surrounding that, um, mm -hmm. but it was, everything was kind of fast forwarded and we didn't have the panel. So okay. I was looking forward to having the panel because yeah. it was my first time and I kind of wanted to get feedback and see mm -hmm. how other people were doing it. However, I did learn that once my feedback was in, I could read the other reviewers feedback. Mm -hmm. So I was able to at least look at them and see that I was kind of on par with my feedback, which was nice as a first time reviewer. Yeah. Um, that I felt comfortable that what I was doing was um, in line with what the other reviewers were doing. So um, I unfortunately didn't get to do the panel review at the end on this one. Well, sometimes they don't if there's not a lot of disparity. Right. So I've had been on re panels where they don't do that. Yeah. There's not a lot of disparity. They're like, okay, it's all good. We don't need to do that. So that might've been part of the reason too, Jen, um, and certain agencies do it. But yeah, I mean, that's something that you do learn a lot from even, did you learn something even by reading the other uh, peer reviewers uh, feedback and their comments? I did. There, there was two other reviewers other than myself. Mm -hmm. And there was one that was kind of like almost to the T kind of what I was seeing and learning yeah. and then the other reviewer was kind of just a little bit different but overall you know if you look at I, I was kind of looking at the whole picture we all kind of fell within the same top five to seven 
grants overall, even though our scoring was a little bit different. Um, so, um, you know, it was interesting to, to read other people's reviews. There was some that, you know, were real short. Mine were usually several sentences long, but it was interesting to see what other people were doing, yeah. other reviewers. What they yeah. said. And what about you, Christine? Have you uh, deliberated with a panel before or have had any conversations? Yeah, I, I did last year and I have uh, one coming up this Friday. And uh, it, it, the same like Jen, you know, we were pretty much in the same ballpark. Mm -hmm. uh, but there was one grant, I remember my first, the first review, there was one grant that uh, I, I gave them such high scores. I think I was a little biased, which is not good. But, you know, I've learned my lesson. That and, usually happens uh, I, with I, I a saw... <laughs> They're like, but it was great. Yeah. The other ones are like, mm, what about that? And you're yeah. like, oh, this is how I do this. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I've learned what to do, what not to do. Mm -hmm. And um, they, they were really helpful. And the two ladies that were on panel with me, one was like a, a I don't know, like a 20-year veteran or whatever. So I really learned a lot not only reviewing but learn from the other panelists as well mm -hmm. so that was a that was a big uh, help for me too right yeah no it's really interesting so what were your biggest takeaways like as far as being a better grant writer now i know jen you had you had mentioned like oh they actually responded to like the headings and like 1a 1b and it, and it made it like so much easier to review like was that something you like with formatting or was there anything else that really stuck out to you as far as like oh this is what i should do when i write grants Definitely the formatting, because mm -hmm. as a peer reviewer, you, you don't want to have to search, you know, all 20 pages for that one answer, and you want to make sure that they've covered it. So if they're following the headings and that criteria exactly how they're laid out, and you see that, then you know in that section it's supposed to cover that. And if it does, then that's great. And if it doesn't, then you're probably not going to find it in a different heading. So it also shows me that they were responsive to the criteria and they knew what they wanted to say and what they wanted the reviewers to learn. So definitely, you know, as I keep writing grants moving forward, it's definitely going to be that just like you taught me. So <laughs> you know, straight down the line. Mm -hmm. um, so you want those reviewers to find what they need right away. Yeah. Awesome. And what about you, Christine? Yeah. What have you literally I, I learned? Follow the guidelines, like you were saying before, you know, 1A, 1B, you know, C, but also write with the reviewers in mind. So not only am I following the guidelines, I'm also thinking, okay, somebody's going to be reading this and how are they going to review it? How, what are they going to think after I write what my narrative or whatever. Now, if I were reviewing this, how would I score this? Mm -hmm. So I'm following the guidelines, but I'm also writing with the reviewer in mind. Right. So that was my big takeaway from it. Yeah. And you know, that's another great thing that nonprofits can do is, you know, and even you guys as freelance consultants, you know, you take the criteria, you write the grant. So you lay it out, you write the grant, and then you even, you can give to somebody else. So even like in your, mem in the membership we have, right, you could have it like, Hey, can you look at this grant and review it for me using this criteria before I submit it? So it's nice to have that outside perspective because, you know, when we write, we think we're covering it sometimes, or we think we've written it because we've thought it so many times, or we've seen the data, but having an external eye and using that criteria is really helpful and also gives somebody the experience to kind of go through it. So that's something too that's really, that you guys could um, leverage, you know, because it is, you learn so much through this, this process. And just to touch, I mean, the formatting, it doesn't seem important when you're writing the grant until you've done a review, right? <laughs> just doesn't seem as important. <laughs> and then you get it and you're like, this is a lot of work to read. I basically have 10 days to maybe get through 11 of these and they're each 50 pages long. And I have to make sure I'm writing sentences to all of these different, you know, you might have like, yep. you know, 50 different questions because they're all sub points under these things. And it's a lot and you are tired and you probably have your own job or you might be writing grants for your own clients at this point in time or whatever. And it's intense. It's very intense. So you want to make this process as easy for the reviewers as possible. Easy, yep. Yeah. Yep. 
you don't want it flowery and hard to find and then to read between the lines, right? Because like you said, this is, you know, and this is what I've learned as being a grant reviewer is, you know, I used to think, oh, it's like this super like, you know, objective thing. And it is as much as possible, but it's still humans looking over these things and we get tired. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. it's still a subjective experience in many ways. So you really do want to have it very simple. One of my first reviews, yeah. I remember this guy, one of the reviewers, and he had been a veteran reviewer as well, but he got to one of the proposals and it wasn't well set up and it was deep into our reviewing process. And he said, I'm just cranky and <laughs> I'm retired and I don't like this one. You know, and it really gave me like, okay, you know, of course he had to like them back it up with his comments, but I was like, these are people reviewing them. So make it clear when you guys are, you know, writing these grants, make sure you respond to the criteria. You will stand out in the review process now have you guys had a majority Absolutely. yeah have you had a lot of grants that are like oh right away you know like it's not gonna get funded just because of looking at that from the get-go you guys yeah I've had uh, one recently that was very confusing mm -hmm. it was uh, I had to go back and forth because what they put in the budget wasn't really in the narrative or their logic model was off it, it was off in every area and mm -hmm. it gave me a, a, a headache so yes. I didn't I, I had to deduct points from that mm -hmm. but on the flip side you know like I said earlier there was a grant I mean a proposal that was absolutely perfect and I thought you wrote it I, I, I wish <laughs> I could ask who, who wrote the grant because it was so good I, it, it was like butter I just just I love reading it and I, I think I read it like two three times because wow. it was it was that good mm -hmm. yeah we were talking about the grants that go over mm -hmm. there was also one that was you know five pages when you're allotted 12 or 15 there's so much more that I know that you could tell us about what you yeah. want to do in your project and how it's going to be successful that just looking at it with five pages I know it's not going to have all the things that are needed. So they right. give you 12 page for a reason and they don't want more. And, mm -hmm. you know, if, I mean, I guess it's possible to say everything you want to say in five pages, but it's not probable. So use the pages that are allotted to you. Yeah. And you guys, uh, you know, as grant reviewers, you start to see these trends. So you always get one that's like way too short and you're like, okay, they just heard of the deadline, like super last minute or whatever. They're just trying to get yeah. in because who knows, maybe, right? It's kind of like you start to see, or the ones that this does not connect. Their budget makes no sense to this project narrative. And this makes no sense to their key personnel. And I always look at that, Christina, and I say, oh, they had five different people writing this grant and then they just threw it all together. And they yeah. didn't have that grant lead. Remember we talk about that in the grant writing course. Like they didn't yeah. have that grant lead yeah. to go through and unify it all so it's funny as you learn more about grant writing and you do the grant review and then you can almost start saying okay they did this and this is what happened here and I see what's going on here like you know and it does yeah, and pasting. yeah. copy and pasting yeah. this one was here yeah. yep yep so and I'm yep. always like they always yep. and I can tell a lot of people do this a lot of nonprofits do this is they have the bookkeeper or somebody else write the budget and then somebody else write the narrative and then they don't relook at both of them. And that's one of the most common errors I've seen. Or they do the budget last because it's the last thing usually, right, on the list, on the criteria. Mm -hmm. And by then it's rushed and it's yep. thrown together. Have you guys seen any common threads then as you guys are kind of looking at these? Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. The, the good ones, you can tell that they probably did the budget first. Yeah. The ones that are not so good, like you said, they probably did the budget at the last minute and mm -hmm. they just threw it together. So it all, it all, it's like a full circle. Everything comes to full circle because you, you start to pick up and you see the trends, you see the disparities and it makes you think as a grant writer, okay, remember, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do this. Remember what Holly said. So it, it's so helpful. Thank you so much. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then, okay, so speaking on the on the monetary side, now it doesn't pay a lot, but hey, to get this kind of experience, like it's amazing for what it can do for you as a grant writer and just seeing the process. Have you guys been able to make at least a little bit of cash on the side for this? I know, Jen, you just went through your first one, but I mean, like how, 
like, you know, how has this kind of helped you guys out financially? Hoping to get that check soon, but uh, yeah, it's, they paid about 125 per review mm-hmm. for online on this. I'm sure all the federal ones are the same, but it's invaluable when it comes to, I think what I'm learning from it as a writer perspective, I think that, you know, you can't put a price on that. Mm -hmm. Um, So the stipend is nice, you know, for a little side income, but Mm -hmm. um, I think the the experience is invaluable. Yeah. And how many did you review, Jen? I did 10. Okay. So that's a little, it's 10 days. Yeah. 10 yeah. and 10 days, 125 a pops, so you're looking at 1250. So it's not yeah. bad. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's not a, it's not a bad little gig, especially because you're getting so much out of it, but it is right. nice that they give you a stipend to help compensate. And then Christine, you've been able to do more than one review um, panel so far. So have you been able to kind of chalk up, you know, a little bit more than that? There, well, for the USDA, it's, it's about seven at $700 mm-hmm. and it's about six or seven proposals. So it's approximately a hundred dollars per proposal. Yeah. So, yeah. um, it's, it, it, it's decent. I mean, you know, I can go to the mall mm-hmm. and, uh, have a good time there once yeah. it opens. But, uh, <laughs> like, like Jen said, the experience is much more worth Absolutely, it, it, it's so valuable that the, the experience is not something that you can learn in a classroom or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it, it's it's actually hands on, and that that is worth a lot. I appreciate the money, but the experience I, I value even more. So good. Yeah. And then the other thing too that you guys can uh, once you become a federal grant reviewer because you are learning so much nonprofits do recognize that especially if you're going to be writing for that specific grant the next year so if you've been reviewing those grants you know like uh, Christine you've been saying you've been doing the USDA for a while and now you want to go and, and not you could really sell yourself to a nonprofit who wants to write that grant because you've had the experience of reviewing so that's another thing that it can really help with um, and you will see that but they're like oh my gosh you've reviewed those let's hire you um, to write those you usually can't review those again obviously um, even if it's you don't have you're not reviewing your application the next year but you can really position yourself to be a grant writer because you know especially what that specific grant program is really looking for so now after reviewing those I would definitely Mm -hmm. recommend you go and you start pitching your services to write those grants because the ability for you to help a nonprofit win that grant now is very high compared to somebody who's never done a a grant review of that specific grant program, right? And the same for you, Jen, right? That's the same thing. It's just, so it also helps you with your consultancy as far as that really sets you apart from other people. Um, Yeah, I actually know someone that's what they did for a number of years was review, review, review. And now that's their only federal grant that they write is for that. They pitch it to clients all over the nation and they, and they get like, I think they have an 85% success rate with winning those grants every year for their clients. So yeah. So very, very smart strategic way as well. Um, and you can see why, right. When you go through that process. Yeah. So very cool. So I want to ask you ladies then, um, uh, is there anything else you guys want to add like that you really think would help the you know people out there who are looking to become a grant reviewer and this may be the first time they're ever hearing about it on this podcast like is there anything else that you can recommend that would be valuable for them to know or just like some like this is what you do kind of a thing yeah I, I think if you're thinking about it get online and just start just start filling out the applications get your resume updated and, mm-hmm. and get in there Um, don't think about it because it's going to take some time to come back around to you anyway. Mm -hmm. So uh, just put the effort in and um, yeah, I just remember you suggesting that. And then Christine jumped on the bandwagon. I was like, wait, I want to get on that bandwagon too. So uh, yeah, just jump right in. (laughs) Just dive right in. That's awesome. And I also want to go ahead and and just add to that, Jen, because it's not necessarily you have to be a new grant writer. You could be a very experienced grant writer like yourself. You just want a $10 million grant, right? Yeah. Oh, amazing. uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yes. I was getting, I was getting turned down a lot and I was getting, you know, I was starting to feel a little bad and then all of a sudden a big one. So just keep writing, keep writing. Mm -hmm. 
keep writing. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you, you can be a very experienced grant writer, but you can still become a peer reviewer and, and you know, learn a lot. Right. So right. now think of what you can, I mean, you won a $10 million grant. Now you can win even more because of this experience. Right. So right. absolutely yeah. amazing. Thank you. And Christine, did you want to add something as well? I agree with Jen. It's the mm -hmm. same thing. Just go ahead, apply online and you never know what will come up because uh, it, it is, sometimes it is a, a long process before they contact you because maybe, maybe it's not that cycle yet because, yeah. you know, the grants go in cycles every year. Mm -hmm. So you might have missed uh, this year, but at least they'll have your information for next year. So you, you never know. Yeah. I would say go ahead for it. Go for it. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. So once again, you guys can find Christine online. She offers grant writing services, grant research, and you can find her at www.christine-taylor.com. And also Jen also offers services in grant writing and you guys can check her out at www.witnesscapacity.com. Of course, I will have both of these links um, on the show and the show notes at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash one three two this is our 132nd episode today so thank you both ladies for celebrating with me in the 132nd thank episode. you and also for just being amazing change makers in the membership program uh, every month we have uh, group calls we jump on we go through different um, things like how to become a grant reviewer uh, and doing grant writing and different freelance tips so if you guys are interested in that we will be opening that again soon it is right now closed um, for the membership. But if you want to check that out, I will also have the link at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 132. And I'm sure if you have any questions about the membership or about becoming a grant reviewer or grant writing, you can contact either Jen or Christine for more information. I'm sure you guys will be happy to answer any questions because you guys are awesome. <laughs> Yes. All right, ladies. Thank so you. once again, thank you for being on the show today. And yeah, I will definitely put this in the show notes and I will see you guys in our next call just in a few weeks. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Sounds good. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, ladies. Do you want to join the Changemaker Tribe and get courses, downloadable checklists, samples of awarded grants, behind the scenes live Q&A with myself and the tribe, and discounts on grant services? Be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership. Thank you for listening to this grant writing and funding podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com. 